Welcome to the Be Seen, Be Loved podcast. I'm your host, Christy Love. I believe in taking massive action to overcome life's biggest challenges because I know the rewards that lie on the other side. This show is a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to help you level up in your life. Here's to a new you where your dedication, commitment, and staying true to yourself will make your wildest dreams come alive. I'm a transformational trainer, speaker, firm mama, and proud wife to a distinguished Navy SEAL. We believe in the motto, never give up, never quit, while doing it all with love. I'll share real talks with experts and thought leaders who offer proven strategies to turn your barriers into success in this unfiltered, transformational, and thought-provoking podcast. Let's do this. Today's guest is a marketing coach who has been featured in Entrepreneur, Forbes, and over 25 other publications around the world. He has also been voted one of top entrepreneurs to watch in 2020. He has created the super online organic prospecting system. But before he became an international influencer, he started with zero. And he's here to tell you all about his journey. So let's introduce Super Sid Clevenger to the Be Seen, Be Loved podcast. Hey, Super Sid. What is up? How are you? How are you? Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Welcome. I'm excited to learn all about this journey. You are doing some big things in the marketing world. Awesome. I'm just, you know, trying to have fun, trying to help people along the way. We all win when we all win. So I'm looking just to go out there and help people win every day. That's all you can do. Awesome. And you are absolutely a winner, but you aren't always a winner. So tell us about your story. Where'd you come from? If you can't tell in the previous 20 seconds, I'm definitely um, from a spot that are probably in Texas. They say it's a forgotten state, but um, I'm from uh, the woods of Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, that's right. If you've ever, ever, ever heard of Hatfields and McCoys, or you watch that on the History Channel, that's where I'm from. I grew up, you know, really in the middle of nowhere, um, you know, in a town of just a couple of hundred. Everybody knew each other, you know, and, and we laugh about it now. It's a little bigger now. Maybe instead of 200, there's maybe 300 there now. But um, I grew up really in the middle of nowhere. And to be honest with you, I was different. But I, even when I was young, I remember just looking at the world or looking at what I was seeing and asking a lot of questions, a lot of questions that a lot of people my age didn't ask. Or a lot of times when I would tell people I was asking those questions, it was very much like, why in the world? He's weird. There's something wrong with him. Right. Growing up in the country like I did or growing up in a suburbia that wasn't very progressive, it was very difficult because for the longest time I would have these thoughts or I would see things or I would hear things or I would think things or have thoughts. And I I was scared to bring them up because if I brought them up where I was from, they're going to put you in the loony bin. And um, that's just, you know, my entire life is just everything against that. So for the longest time, I kept a lot of things inside and being that kind of quirky, loud, if you can't tell, kind of energetic kid. You know, I was rambunctious as a child, so I got bullied a lot. My teachers hated me. I was told that I wasn't going to, you know, graduate or I wasn't going to be anything most of my life. I was told all my life, you have so much potential, you know, and, I, and, and to this day, I can't stand it because to me, potential, all that is, is the hope that you're going to get somewhere. It's not the actuality. So like, you know, I hated hearing that word growing up. And it's so cool because now being an entrepreneur and living through all that, right? I mean, I'm divorced. My wife cheated on me. If you guys want to go all that route. And what I tell people on stage every single time, I've been on stage so many times. I've been on hundreds of these shows and practically on every one, 
I talk to people about this, you know, like there's a lot of people that have to, I'll let you know, I had a gun in my mouth on December 24th, 2016. No, I wasn't thinking about it. No, I didn't write a letter. I had a gun in my mouth ready to pull the trigger. And I was at the bottoms of bottoms and, you know, I had no money. I was in a pink bedroom at my parents' house when that happened. And, you know, that was kind of the ground zero of where I'm at today. And every day since then, I've just aimed at getting 1% better every day. And that's literally to this day, something I preach every single day. And, you know, just consistently surround yourself with winning, consistently put yourself around winners and consistently aim at helping at least one person win every single day. And I promise you that like, you'll have everything you could ever want because you're gonna have so many people that want to be around you. Why? Because you're winning and you're surrounded by people who are as well. Absolutely. I want to go back in time to Kentucky. When you were in a place where you just felt like you didn't fit in, you didn't fit in. People picked on you, people teased you. Uh, they told you that you weren't going to make it. You weren't good enough. You weren't valuable enough. Now, during that time, what did you do to keep yourself sane and tell yourself that, hey, I am enough? Or did you allow that uh, to find you through a dark tunnel that followed you through the rest of your life? You know, I've done a lot of things to help me since then. So like, as far as emotions go, I don't have a lot of baggage with it. I've kind of let that stuff go. And I, don't get me wrong. I, I had help doing that. I've been through NLP training. I've been through EMDR training. You know, I've done tons of mindset work, which I would highly suggest. I don't care if you're an entrepreneur or not. Mindset stuff is important. It's such a huge difference in how you feel and how you act and your energy levels. Like I'm never, I'm like the energizer buddy. I'm never tired. I'm always, you know, I'm happy. I'm always, you know, smiling loud versus, I guess, maybe. So different. When we go back to Kentucky, I was young, Christy. I was young. I was five, six, seven. And I guess like the only thing that I really remember, did it hurt? There were times it hurt. I mean, there were times, you know, you're in high school and, you know, you want to be popular. You want people to like you. I mean, I think we all go through that. <laughs> you know, I don't care who you are. You know, I mean, like, I think we all go through that at least once in high school. I think really the biggest thing for me, though, was I hate to say this, but even at a young age, like I, I always understood how to turn it on and off. And I always understood, for whatever reason, how to block emotion. What I mean by emotion is I, I stuffed it. So like for the longest time, I, I could just take it. And I don't, I don't want to bring religion in here. But I mean, like I, being in the Bible Belt, you know, okay, we grew up in church. That's just what it was. So like in church, you're always taught to turn the other cheek, right? So like that's kind of, you know, when you go to church every Sunday, you're in Bible study every week. You know, you're, you're going to youth Bible study every week because that— it could, you know, in Eastern Kentucky, you're everything centered around church. That was kind of, kind of probably why I just sort of accepted it and was just sort of like, you know, I was never really taught to fight back. So like, I just sort of took it. And then to me early on, since it happened at such an early age and it continued to happen, I was used to it very young. So, I mean, like I was used to being alone. I, I would just get obsessive about things and then just sort of learn those things in and out. And, um, you know, one time it was golf. One time it was skateboarding. One time it was video. You know, one time it, it was um, I got really obsessed and wanting to be an athletic director. And I ended up being a graduate assistant, getting to build websites that led me to websites. And I got obsessed about websites, which then led me into sales funnels. Right. Which then now led me into just a social media organic. So, you know, really, look, what is it? Steve Jobs said, you know, you can never connect the dots looking forward, but you can always connect the dots looking backwards. You know, that's really what it's been. And ultimately, it's just waking up every day. And I mean, for God's sakes, you know, I mean, during COVID, it's really given us a lot of perspective to don't get me wrong. Like I'm in Texas, screw the mask, screw everything going on. You know, it sucks. But at the same time, it's helped me really get some perspective on 
different ways that I can use my brain and different ways that I can become a better person. And I think like that's all just taken with what it is and what's going on in our life and knowing we can wake up and get 1% better and figuring out how to do that with the situation that we're currently in, because that's a choice we make. I think that's important, especially when growing up, that you have a foundation, your church, your mm-hmm. foundation with your church, as well as mine. Mm-hmm. They kept me grounded. Thank God. I was worried if I brought church up, I would get in trouble. You never know. <laughs> but yeah, you got to go to church. You got to have that foundation to keep you strong when times get tough, especially when the environment that we're having right now with the pandemic, you know, you have to have that foundation, something to go to, to keep you right. safe keep you happy to keep you in gratitude that hey every day I wake up and it's a new chance to do make 100% difference and so let's go on to mindset now you talked about a little bit before we started about anxiety that you suffered from anxiety and how did your mindset work helped you to overcome that there were times in college I couldn't drive I would get in the car and I'd be on the highway and the only thing I'm freaking I got all I'm thinking about is wrecking like, it's literally just like, you're about to get in a wreck. You're about to get in a wreck. You're about to get in a wreck. And then it's just like everything then just jumbles. Some of you might re- resonate with this, especially being, lo- well, we're not locked in in Texas, but you know, like right now, at least in Texas, it's like two degrees outside. So I'm not going outside, but yeah, yeah. You know, I pace a lot. So like, you know, I'm known to like, you know, I'll sit there on my phone and literally, cause I can do all my work on my phone, you know, a lot of my work on my phone. So I literally would just sit on my phone and pace in the house, you know, and that builds up my anxiety. I used to build up my anxiety. I used to, you know, smoke cigarettes and that definitely didn't help. And I've been able to quit that. What really helped me was, I hate to say this, but it was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do this. For me, the beginning stage of this this was getting started. And what I mean by getting started was, is I was going to make a decision to do something. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was doing something. So what I did was I started looking up motivational videos. So in 2015, I didn't know who Tony Robbins was. I mean, I knew his voice. I'd seen his face, but I didn't know like that's Tony Robbins. That's the guy from UPW. That's the guy who does the business mastery and all that. So I had seen Dean Graciosi just because of who he was, but then I'd never, I'd seen Tony Robbins. I'd heard the name, but I didn't really know who he was. And um, I remember the video that I obsessed over. It's a 64 second video that Tony Robbins came out with. And it's all about resourcefulness. And at the time, when I first heard the video, it talked a lot about how it doesn't matter what position you're in, you can come out of wherever you're at. So at the time, a lot of my anxiety was around feeling like I was spinning and I was going faster and faster and faster, only to be going nowhere, nowhere, nowhere. Listening to this video not only motivated me, you can just Google Tony Robbins resourcefulness. It's a minute and four second long video. Al Gore uh, was in the uh, audience in that video because he's talking to him. You know, it was interesting because he even alludes to him about not having enough Supreme Court justices to win the election. You'll, you'll hear it in the video. But yeah, he, all, he just talks about how at the end of the day, it's the qualities of love and passion and, and grit and stuff like that that's going to help you win. And that was kind of the start for anxiety for me, because that video was the video that made me make a choice. And then after that video came around, because I started watching Tony Robbins stuff, it wasn't much longer. Brendan Burchard started hitting my screen. Even to this day, I'm still in Brendan's high level stuff. You know, I still do training with him. And the thing with Brendan is Brendan is extremely calm. He's extremely positive. He's always smiling and he's just extremely charismatic. So for me, when I saw Brendan, Brendan's from a small town in Montana. I'm from a small town in Kentucky. To me, it was like, I want to be like that guy. So to me, Brendan was kind of my first guy that I was like, bam, I want to be like him. And through his training was really when I learned how to, the slower you go, the faster you actually become. 
And he was the one that taught me that. So once I understood kind of how to slow down, but be quick, my life changed. How to slow down and be quick mean? You got to delegate everything, right? You know, there's so much opportunity out there. And so many CEOs get in this hamster wheel of the, what we would classify as the, um, the freelancer trap, you know, they'll end up and they'll go out there and they'll do all this selling and they'll get all this clients, they'll make 50 grand. And then they got to fulfill on those clients for three to six months. So then they go and they fulfill on these clients for three to six months. And then it ends. And since they've been doing that for three to six months, they have no pipeline over here and they've had made $50,000 over six months. That's great, but they haven't been able to sustain it. So like now they have to go back and they have to hustle and they're probably broke because they spent all their money they made three to six months ago, right? For me, I did that. Before I got into organic marketing being my forefront, I was building funnels for people back when funnels really hit big around 2016, 2017. In my career, I built over 1,500. But um, at the time, in that span of three years, Mm -hmm. I built around 1,200 funnels. Funnels? Yeah, for real estate, mortgage, service, roofing, HVAC, stuff like that, yep. Okay. About 1,200 funnels. I worked with 743 people at that time, I think, something like that. And, and that was kind of what I did. And, you know, we turned into a funnel factory. That's why I shut it down. I hated it. It was, like, not fun. Like, I literally built myself a job. You know, we got done and we did it. And I, and I wanted to coach. And that's really kind of where I went into. But, you know, really the, the anxiety comes to first, you got to make a decision. Second, you got to slow yourself down. And the way you slow yourself down is you got to make a plan. Probably the best training that I've taken, like in retrospect, I mean, there's a lot of things, but if I was to say there's one thing to go watch to slow yourself down and and make yourself quick, Brenda Burchard has a um, video on YouTube. It's a free video you can watch. Go to YouTube and just search Brenda Burchard Battleboard. It's about a four minute video and it's all about how he plans out his years and how he gets big projects done and how he's continually moving every single day. No matter if it's, you know, working on his, you know, he's written what, six books, all of his books are best selling, you know, uh, whatever you, New York best time selling, whatever it is, you know, New York Times best, best selling books and all that. So, you know, he's getting ready to come out with another, he's running six businesses now or something like that. He has over 30 courses. How is he doing all this? Right. So like the battle board was the first time I really was able to turn the slow down and be quick into tangible, tangible item. And I was able to put it up on a wall. And now, you know, it, it, it's in our, our entire wall adjacent from our bed in our bedroom. And every night I go to sleep. But even last night, I was looking at what I got to get done in February because it's halfway through February. And I was like, dang, I still got those three things I haven't started yet. And it just refocused because those three things are connected to what I get done in March, April, May, June. So, like, you know, I have my goals at the end of the year. And then it has everything I got to get done within those months to then obtain that big goal at the end of the year. And then I have weekly and daily goals aside to that that I must do. And as long as I continually do these weekly and month, these weekly and daily goals, I will consistently hit my goals on the battleboard. So it's just a great way to kind of like take all this stuff. You talked about wanting to get into entrepreneur, right? So to take getting into entrepreneur, break it down. And then like, as long as you do daily tasks and you get 1% better every single day working toward that goal, then you'll hit your battleboard goal. And as long as you hit your battleboard goal, what are you going to do after you get into entrepreneur? Now you're going to go for success. Now you're going to go for fours, right? So like, how are you then going to leverage? So, you know, you can really start to frame this out. And it's just an amazing way to have a 40,000 foot view. Changed my life so much that we actually modeled it and put it in dark horse. So you and your wife do a lot of business together. Okay? We do. Yeah, we're just kind of intertwined. 
sort of kind of. Right, right. And what do you, so you have created the online organic prospecting system. Did mm-hmm. you help me with that or how did? So she's an NLP coach. So we met, I was the marketing guy. I've always kind of been the marketing guy. That's all I've really ever done. My wife, Tiffany, we hadn't met yet, but she started her NLP and mindset coaching business in uh, Melbourne, Australia. She's from Canada. She's from Calgary. We met because we were in a business mastermind together, right? Ironically. So we got in a business mastermind together. She sent me a friend request because she was sending everybody friend requests to meet everybody. I ran my friend request hack on her because I had never heard her. And um, we met that way. And how we met that way turned into us talking every day, which ended up turning into us meeting and then, you know, us falling in love. The love but the, 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 Hallmark, the Hallmark movie, right? <laughs> so we can just like the Hallmark movie of social media marketing, right? 2021. Nope. You, know, you don't have to go to a dating app anymore. You just go to Facebook. Hallmark. Super. <laughs> right. So that led you into being the top entrepreneur to watch in 2020 by multiple publications, actually. I thought that was pretty amazing. Yeah, a lot of that, to be honest with you, came from press. Just you're constantly out there talking about and helping the world. And, you know, people hear that. And then, you know, people want to hear you. They want to write about you. And that's really ultimately where that came from. And, you know, press is a big thing that we talk about when it comes to the organic prospecting, because it's the best way organically that you can build awareness. I mean, you can watch, read any book, you know, I mean, I could go into books right now that were written in 1980, that were written in 1950. I know one that was written in 1937 that talks about it. All the way up to, you know, think about movies. I mean, you know, when a new movie comes out, what are they doing? Their actors are going and getting on talk shows to talk about the movie. Right. It's the same process. It's different times. You know, exactly. So, I mean, like all this is, is we're taking our superpower. We're taking what it is that we help people with. We're going on shows and we're presenting our superpower to a list of people on those shows. So like, it's just a great way to build awareness about who you are. And then ultimately they go check you out. And when they check you out, that's when, you know, they're attracted to you. And that's when they get to make a decision if they want to learn more or not. So. You make it sound so simple. <laughs> really is. It's, it, it, you know, it's just setting it up. You just got to set up the system. You know, I mean, I, I've set it up and I have VAs that run it. I don't touch it. You know, I mean, all my clients, we set it up. So they got virtual assistants running it for three bucks an hour, you know, and they go out and they fulfill and they sell and they make money. And you're the person that's just the face of the, of the brand, right? That's out. me. I'm in front of a lot of video. Uh, my wife, she gets on me. She's like, well, you like talking? I'm like, well, yeah. She's like, well, she, you know, we joke around it all the time. She's like, you can go get all your talking out on all these podcasts that you do. So I don't wear her out at night. Let us know or tell us how you help your clients. What kind of clients come to you for help? Pretty much anybody that's wanting to sell anything online. So, I mean, like we work with, you know, a lot of coaches, of course. I work with a ton of coaches from all types. You know, I've Worked with mindset coaches, life coaches, you know, marketing coaches, business coaches, I mean, the whole nine. So any type of coach that, you know, is wanting to go online and looking to attract people to them, right? So you're honestly looking to kind of just become that we classify as celebrity authority. So everybody sees you and you're the only person to go to within a specific targeted market. You know, we kind of teach you how to do that. To where like when someone opens their phone or opens their computer, guess who pops up? You do. And we show you kind of how to do that. And then people get attracted to us one singular spot, which is your profile funnel. And ultimately from your profile funnel, you send them to a lead magnet or they send you a friend request. And then that's where the process starts. That's that's what we do. It's, you know, we, we work with e-commerce. We work with CBD. We work with anything. You know, I mean, don't get mad at me. When I first got started in this business. And I need to take anything that came my way. I want to help somebody sell more dildos. You helped someone sell what? More dildos. I guess it's a business. 
It's a business, and I'm not saying I condoned it, and I definitely don't do it anymore, but when I needed money and I needed clients three years ago, I want to help somebody sell more dildos. And I'll tell you this, people who are into that kind of stuff, they came out in waves. We sold a lot more than they did the year before. That is too funny. Every business, right? It's a business, you know. Uh, I guess sex is a business. So, um, you know, how we got by with some of that stuff back in, I guess it was 2017. So the, um, you know, craziness of everything hadn't happened yet. So I don't think we could get by with doing that today. Right, right. Well, 2017 wasn't that long ago. And you have. We say that. We say that. Yeah. In the marketplace within the last three years. About three and a half. Yeah, I've been in Texas. April 5th, 2017 was when I moved to Texas from Kentucky. So I literally we had a garage sale at my mom's house. I sold everything but a bottle of bourbon. Some clothes, which don't fit me. You know, I, I, I was 85 pounds heavier, too, when I moved here. I have some magic coffee that just melted away the fat. Just drink the coffee twice a day, and I melted the fat. It's called Valentis. Yeah, it's called Valentis. I can get you. I got a friend of mine that sells it. So if you want, you can have it. It's uh, called Valentis. Coffee, hot chocolate, the whole nine. You just drink the coffee. Curbs your appetite. It's amazing. I lost 85 pounds. on. I had to stop drinking the coffee because I couldn't stop losing weight. So anyway, we moved here. had a garage. So I moved here with $2,200-ish. After I paid my first month's rent and my deposit, that was shaved in half to about 1100 bucks. So I had $1,100, no friends, an Ikea desk, pillows to sleep on. I didn't have a bed and a TV for whatever reason that I didn't sell that I still have. Actually, it's in our living room that I brought that was sitting on the floor. And I lived in a 310 square foot studio apartment, not in the best part of Dallas, not in the best part at all. And that's how I got started. And I just sort of locked myself in that jail cell and just went to work when I got here. And, um, you know, the anxiety attacks, the panic attacks happened. Uh, I passed out once during a panic attack. Uh, you know, I uh, remember once uh, I made spaghetti and I was so I didn't have any I didn't even have a dime to go get ramen. So like I had to uh, make spaghetti from old spaghetti sauce. And I'm pretty sure there was mold in it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we've all been through that. And I don't think you're ever going to run across an entrepreneur story who hasn't been bankrupt at one point who hasn't risked it all and lost it. You know, my wife cheated on me and got pregnant with somebody else, you know, and then she sold my house from under me, get it, sold my cars, gave away my dog and got me off the health insurance. Oh my goodness. You know? Yeah. There's a country, country song. <laughs> yeah. Some women, I guess some men, women and men, but some people can be very vindictive. So, you know, she just kind of, she got her, you know, take it for what it is. I met her when I lived in Miami, Florida. She got her green card through me probably and then kind of just got done with it. But, um, you know, everything led me to Tiffany and, you know, that's all I can be grateful for. So even though I went through that, I learned a lot of lessons. I learned a lot about myself. And regardless, I can sit here today and say that my wife cheated on me. She treated me like that. She left me with three hundred and thirty something dollars to my name with nothing else. And now I'm sitting here, have helped over a thousand people in three years, you know, made well over seven figures and living happy on my own terms, the way I want to live, doing what I believe the Lord Jesus Christ put me on this earth to do through a lot of praying, but, you know, just through it's my journey. That's part of what I had to go through so that I could be able to teach the people that I'm teaching today, because if I didn't go through that, then. I wouldn't be able to really truly help the people that I'm helping today. And and that's and because you went through that is the reason why you work so hard today. Oh, you have to. I mean, and I think it's natural too. You know, there's an argument, are you born an entrepreneur or do you can you become one? I mean, I think you can become one, but I do think there's people like um there's a book, probably my favorite sales book ever written called The Ultimate Sales Machine. It's written by Chet Holmes. And he was Charlie Muggers. 
sales manager. He was the right-handed Charlie Mugger for a long time. He talks about in there how, you know, like just he talks a lot about pig-headed discipline. Um, he also talks in there about when he was talking about pig-headed discipline, he talks about how, um, you know, CEOs or entrepreneurs kind of fall into three categories. You have your strategic, you have your tactical, and then you have your rare breed of both, right? So your strategic are going to be your people who are 40,000 foot view, they're tactical, but they cannot get things done. They're your front end people. They're their big, big idea people, right? Your big, your big picture people. And then you have your tactical people who can sit down there and knock out a list, right? Put together a plan, like a plan will get put together by a team and they'll lead that list and they'll be that general that helps get all that list done, right? So you have those two and then you have your rare breed, which is, um, you know, the people who can be strategic and also get it done, right? So about 90% of CEOs are going to fall into strategic, big time thinkers. Ten, about 9% are going to fall into tactical. So what does that tell you? It tells you that most CEOs, most people that run businesses are big time thinkers and they're not people that are going to sit down and get all the tasks done. And that makes a lot of sense. But then there's the 1% that can do both. And for whatever reason, I've always had this engine that just wants to go. And the reason that I believe I have this engine, I don't, you know, yes, do I think God wants me to have it for some reason? Yes. And I think that I was able to identify this engine because I'm extremely competitive. And that came from playing sports and to this day, playing golf competitively every year. You know, I go and I play in tournaments. I go and I play in matches. I go and try to win, you know, and I push myself. And having that level of wanting to always win, win for everybody, not for me, but for everybody, just to be around winning. I hate losing, so I want to win. That consistently keeps me pushing forward because something that I heard, you might have heard of this guy, uh, Eric Thomas, the hip hop preacher. What he'll talk about is, you know, he says this in his videos all the time. The one day that you took off, the one time that you took, didn't do that thing. You know, I was sitting in there in my bed, dead tired before I got out here, wanting every bean of me to say, man, I got to reschedule. I'm too tired. And I had that happen to me every day. But if I, if I did that, that's going to push me back six months. That's right. Right. That's so right. like you have to just, it, it's discipline. You know, you go into, I guess it's okay. We can talk about the Bible here. You know, you go into Proverbs. And, you know, King Solomon in Proverbs, his first lesson is self-discipline. You have to do what you say. How many people that are listening to this podcast, me included, have said you were going to do something and then it came to do it and you just flat out either froze, told yourself you'd do it later and, and you're still telling yourself you'd do it later. But let's be honest here. In the past, let's just say week, how many times of what you've said in your head or out your mouth what have you said that you were going to do? And what's the percentage of exactly everything? You said you were going to get in the shower and you ended up not, not taking the shower. You said you weren't going to watch TV today or at night. You ended up watching TV. You said you weren't going to eat that ice cream. And you know what? You ended up eating that ice cream because your day was just that bad. And it was bad enough for you to have that ice cream that day. How many times, even little things, did you say you were going to do something? And just you put in that perspective, there's a lot. There's when a lot, right? I'm like, oh, no, I never do that. But when you put it in that perspective, I can think of a lot of different I'm going to say something and it's going to rock your world. Hear me out. This is how the brain works. You have to say what you hear so you can hear what you say. Say it again. You have to say what you hear. So you have to physically say it. That's why affirmations do work. That's why mirror talk works like crazy. That's why vision boards do work. That's why the battle board works. Because you're telling yourself you have to say what you see. You're putting what you see in your head and you're making it tangible. By saying it, by putting it on paper, right? Why do you think, I mean, there's so many studies on this. Why do you think people who set goals and write them down 96% of more times reach them than people who don't because it's tangible? 
They look at them every day. They think about them every day. They obsess over them every day, right? And, you know, simply by doing that, then your brain can hear it. Your brain cannot hear or process what you do not say. Thoughts are fleeting. The thoughts that, I heard Tony Robbins say this, so this isn't my thing, okay? But Tony Robbins said this, thoughts are have been around for millions of years. Probably dinosaurs had thoughts. So we're not, you know, emo, emotion, anger, thought, any thought we have has been thought by somebody else. So because we have that thought, we have the ability to say, oh, that's just a thought. It's not my thought. It's not something, it's something that, you know, I can just kind of let flee. I don't need to let it go. It's just a thought. It's just going through my head. I can purposely choose to know that that is not my thought, but it's simply a thought that was put into my head, right? Or I can do the opposite of that, right? And I can say out there that if I go out there and I purposely put action and I purposely put energy and I purposely put stuff behind the things that I want to achieve, then I'm purposely going to what? Achieve. So, you know, you have to say what you see so you can hear what you say. I'm not going to sit there. I'm not going to think that I want to get 100 new clients this month. I'm going to say it. I'm going to make it real. and I'm going to put it out to the universe and I'm going to make sure that the universe hears me. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are dropping some serious nuggets today. Super serious. You said bring my best. I told you I would. I want you to tell our leaders, give us three of your best secrets or tips to get more prospects. Put your best stuff out there. One, do it consistently. I mean, consistency in the online game is the entire game. If you do stuff every day and you do it wrong, I promise you, you'll still be a lot better doing it wrong then you would have ever done it if you didn't do it. So do it consistently. Okay. Always put your best stuff out there. Always. What do you mean my best stuff? Put your best content, the best stuff, you know, give it away, give everything away. Reason I say that is, is because think about it. We're talking about the super online organic prospecting system. I could sit here right now today and give you all five steps. We could talk about it for 30 minutes. I could tell you how to run it. You could listen to it 15 or 20 times. At the end of the day, if we had 100 people that listen to that, you want to know the percentage of people that that of people who want it, who want to implement it and take action on it, are going to reach out to me to take action on it and not just do it themselves. 2%. I'm thinking 2%. Just over 92% is what they say. I mean, how many people will reach out to you? Um, well, I mean, if I had 100 people, so we're talking, so we would we have to be talking about a target-rich environment here. So we have to do a controlled environment. So the control, if I had a hundred people that wanted to buy my super online organic prospecting system, they wanted to buy it for 37 bucks, right? So say they wanted to buy that. If I was to then give them the option to buy the information, I say, here, here's the information. You can buy it. You can implement it, do it yourself. Everything's in there done for you. Go in there and do it yourself, right? Versus, hey, do you want to implement? You want me to basically work with you you know, on weekly calls and help you through your questions on live environment, answer those questions so that you can build this out the way that I tell you to build it out, that we talk about building it out. So you don't have to take away any of the guesswork. I don't know why I got on that tangent, but yes, you know, that's something that you want to make sure that you're doing because I'm a big believer. People buy information to save time. That's why information's bought. However, in today's day and age, I think a lot of people at the information age is over and done with. That was 2015, right? Now, a lot of people want that. Well, can I get a weekly Q&A call with it just in case I have calls? So like everything that we do is wrapped around. There's community with it. So whatever you're doing today, I would say do community because by building community, you're building momentum. By building momentum, your momentum just exponentially builds on itself. So focus on community. 
Facebook groups right now are extremely hot. Put your best stuff out there every single day and do it consistently. Yeah. Right now, you know, communities are the new are the new email list. I mean, that's right. kind of what people are doing. People are driving people. We drop people into our community. So, you know, that's, that's just kind of what you do. But yeah, I mean, that would be my best things. And then, you know, like the big thing is y'all like really just think about what you're doing. It's real easy in this game to hear a lot of the noise. I mean, you know, I scroll Facebook to this day and it's, you know, every four posts I see an ad, right? It's real easy to get caught up in the noise. My best thing is just stop right now and take a look at what are you doing and what is what you're doing? How is it attracting people to you? How is it bringing your best clients to you that want to work with you, right? Are you just hodgepodging it or do you actually have a specific plan that is purposely driving people to you every single day? that like what it is that you're talking about, that are watching what you're talking about, that are listening to what you're saying, and they're actively showing themselves that they want to learn more because they're now visiting your profile to learn more. It's a lot easier of a game when you only reach out to people who come to you first. A lot easier of a game. So completely get out of cold anything. You're wasting your time. This is 2021, not 1985, okay? So... Let's set ourselves up and then just like flies, go out there like I'm doing in this podcast. Go out to Facebook groups, go out into all the press outlets you can think of, go to other social media outlets, but consistently drive people to one spot. And that's the place where they can make their decision on if they want to work with you. And then once you get to where you're making $10,000 a month or more consistently in your business, then that's when we start talking about business pages. And that's when we start talking about ads. And that's when we start talking about taking what's working organically and putting a little bit of gasoline on it to make it work faster. Because all paid ads will do is make what is ever happening in your business happen a lot more. So if you're not organically bringing leads to you and you're not making sales with your current offer with 100 people, all putting an ads up going to do is it's going to put it in front of a thousand people or 10,000 people or a hundred thousand people who more often than not are probably going to give you the same answer. If you're getting a lot of leads on your offer and you're not converting those leads into a lot of sales, all paid ads is going to do is going to get you a lot more leads a lot faster. But if your back end isn't set up to turn those leads into sales consistently measurable, knowing that if you get a hundred leads, you're going to turn 28 of those into clients then you're not ready. No. You're just not ready. So instead of jumping into, I'm going to go run Facebook ads. I'm going to go get on Instagram. I'm going to go do all this content. I'm going to go drive all this traffic. Are you ready for that yet? Have you set your system up to be able to handle it yet? Or are you just out there doing whatever you can to hopefully maybe one day get one person to see one video that you put out and hope to God they reach out to you and tell you that you're interested. I'm going to tell you this. I've been doing this pretty successfully for about the last half decade. I've had that happen to me three times. That's it. So by purposely setting up a system, I've worked with just around 1,100 people. By going out there, going just going live or doing this stuff and hoping somebody reaches out to me one day or sending out cold messages to people, three people have worked with me. So by doing, by attracting the right people to you, you will build your tribe. You don't have to have everybody like you in this lifetime. If you can get a thousand people around you that are in your tribe, 
you'll live one very, very happy life. So you just need a thousand people to say yes to you. Not a million, not the entire world, a thousand. And when you think about how many people there are in this world, a thousand is very, very attainable. Very small number of that piece of pie, right? I'd rather have, I'd rather have a small piece of a huge pie than a big piece of a no pie. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much, Sid. For Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Sorry for being so long-winded. <laughs> Dropping some serious, serious teaching nuggets. Thank you again, Sid. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Be Seen, Beloved podcast. For more inspiring conversations, please share with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions or feedback, you can reach me directly at beseenbelovedpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.